Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, ladies and germs. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast, uh, brought to you not live from Bath and Cardiff, respectfully. I am David uh, Llewellyn Flanklin, and he is... I am Favid Datman. I don't know if Flanklin was an accident, but it actually worked out really well for me. You I'd rather the F like than a W, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, how are you? What have you been up yeah. to? I'll level with you, fella. Uh, I'm ready for it to end now. I'm ready for COVID to get to do what we thought was going to happen a few months ago, which is as soon as the temperature goes up, it burns the virus off and we can all just go back to normal as of Tuesday. Mm. I'm ready for that now. Yeah, yeah. So am I. Although I've had a couple of glimmers of hope. I've I've, I've been to heaven and back a couple of times. Go on. Well, you can now play a two-ball in golf. Here in Wales, which has been great. So you've got to stay two metres away from Bubs? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fine, mate. I'm more like 100 yards away from Bubs, over the top of him. Um, yeah. And we're allowed to socialise again, two metres apart, same every time, with one other family. Yes. Mm. Um, are we allowed to do that in the, in England or not? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're allowed to... Go up to six, mate. Have you not been right. following the news? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you were allowed to bring kids and stuff, though. Because, like, if I bring my kids somewhere, they're not going to socially distance. They're going to be uppercutting people. Mm, yeah, they're going to be... Kids can't socially distance, can they? Can yours? They're going to be snatching, squatting. Yeah, we tried. You know, I mean, we are in the garden. We didn't go inside. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's just nice having some company. It's been lonely, yeah. mate. It's been lonely. Um, not as lonely as the Snowpiercer. Um, well, Wilfred. Well, have you seen I've that got film? Fifteen minutes into episode one, and had to go. I had to go. Hold had on, to leave it. Snowpiercer is a film. Oh no, Snowpiercer on Netflix. No, nope. It might be on Netflix. I've watched it on Sky. It's a film. I had to Google sort of like top films or best series to watch, and I'd seen nearly uh. all the series. I I don't want another subtitled one for a while. Foreign films, yeah, I call them, um, because 
I've got a massive collection foreign of them. ones. I've got a massive collection of them. Tommy Farage, foreign money. But yeah, I mean, Money Heist was amazing. All right, you have to get into it. Was it brilliant? Yeah, so clever, so good. But you don't get to watch it. I mean, it's great because you concentrate, but you don't get to view what's going around because you're too busy reading the subtitles. So oh, I see subtitles bring me right in. They do, and me as well. And you're captivated by it, but it's sometimes nice to see a full picture you know so you can have a look what's going so, on in the background you can look for nip slip whatever you want but um, i start i started i started snow piercer the other night and had to go upstairs my daughter woke up but then i did while they're coming back down but it was the train that is the survivors of the frozen yeah. apocalypse whatever it is that yeah, one yeah it's a film all right it's film then all oh, right um maybe you watched the maybe it's a, a series but i watched the film uh a weinstein production actually uh won't talk about oh. that but it oh. was, um, I had to Google, right, sort of best films to watch before you die, because you never know, do you? Yeah. And that was on quite a few um, websites. Oh, really? Tomatoes had sort of rated it circa 90%. Wow. Yeah, I know. And I... Did you really like it? I bloody had a go at it. Um, I was intrigued. I was intrigued, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was amazing. Um, Chris Evans... He's the main actor. He's, he stars in it. Jamie Bell's in there as well, who's brilliant. Um, John Hurt. There's there's a few. Ed Harris, um, who's always good in everything he does. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Apollo 13, I loved him in. Um, but, yeah, it's different. Um, okay, I'll, I'll finish that off. I'm also going to watch... Uh, it's quite a novel concept, isn't it? But I'm also going to watch... Uh, once upon a time in once upon a time in the West, which I haven't seen um, criminally, but Max Laheef, the Bristol prop um, and best rig in rugger, he um, does film club every now and again, or once a week or so on his uh, Instagram stories, and they're very often good recoms, and that is one that looks like my cup of Earl Grey. Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet, so I'm in. I'm going to also watch. I've seen it before. Memento. Uh, this was mm. 2000, this film was made. Guy Pearce. The guy from Neighbours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Guy Pearce. But again, it's on all of the films to watch um, before you get six feet under. So, it's flipping clever. Mm. It's flipping clever. It's short. It's about short-term memory trying to find the killer of his wife. So yeah, I'm going to just crack into old films because I've basically okay. seen everything that's worth seeing. And I put on... I put on social media yesterday any good series worth recommending and not the obvious ones and they just come out with the obvious ones seen them all yeah it's like have you seen breaking bad yeah. it's like bro try 24 game come of thrones on, bros. yeah mm. come on yeah so give me so like so wisting has been quite good quite enjoyed that and apparently border town which i recommended to you it's subtitled but i i quite like that the reason i like subtitles is because you can't sit on your phone. You can't double screen, yeah. so it forces you to not do that. But you're good at that, aren't you? You put your phone away at night, which I don't do. It goes on silent mode, mate, night mode, or whatever it is. Mm, yeah. You're good. you're good, you. And you could have a little check now and again. But otherwise, it will just absorb you, won't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I had some friends um, around, right, on Tuesday. and Is that what you cooked all that meat for? Yeah. Holy crap, that looked mm. unbelievable. Well done. It was a... Cap of rump, which is also called something else. Uh, Picanha. Picanha, that's it. It's the top of a sirloin, yeah. basically. And I just cut it in the steaks, marinated it, and then I, I sealed it on 
the gas barbie. I've got a nice Napoleon there. but And then I slow cooked it with some ribs on the Traeger uh. after. So I didn't reverse seal it like I thought I was going to do. I did it the uh, the old-fashioned way. That's me yeah. in a nutshell. Uh, and it was brilliant, mate. So tender. was excellent. Mm. It was really nice. Really oh, well nice. Yeah, you inspired me because I'm doing a rump cap tonight now. Are you? Oh, nice. Um, how do you do, do your it? ribs? you do the three, two, one ribs? Uh, no, I, I did it the way you said. I Didn't I say three, two, one? Three hours, two hours, one hour. Oh, I just did three hours. Maybe it should have been another hour. Or th- or double that. How were they? Okay, I think they could have been more tender. Yeah, that's probably you took why. them off after three hours. Yeah, I thought that's what you said in the text to me. No, three hours, no, three hours uh, on the grill, two hours bone up in some meat bone up meat down and then an hour to finish with in tin foil with a bit of butter and brown sugar and apple juice if you've got any orange juice or whatever yeah some syrup. I, did, I did all that that's, ah. so that's three hours on its own two yeah. hours in that foil and then one hour turn oh, back you round see, that's where it's gone wrong because you've you've done um you said three hours on the Traeger, and then i just assumed then it's three hours on the traeger i just assumed two hours wrapped up um bones up and one hour down that's where i've gone wrong Oh. Know what I mean? Yeah, six hours in the Traeger. Yeah. And you can do, I've never done it, but you can, um, some people do it, you could do like six, eight racks in there. And it is a, I mean, it's a bit of admin on three hours when you have to wrap everything, but mm. not that bad if you just lay a load of sheets of foil out on a table and you could just do t- ribs for days. How many racks? You could do loads, fella. Uh-huh. I've seen someone do eight. Eight racks, wow. Rack each, yeah, but if you've got a load of lads coming around, you do a rack each easy. Do you love racks? I love racks. Mm. I'm a rack guy. Mm. I'm a rack guy. Um, have you read about... I'm, I'm doing my picanha on the um, jotisserie tonight. Yeah, are your kids going to marinate it with a little... Um, I'll let you know if I balls it up. With a little brush? No, there's only salt goes on these. I'm not oh, going to okay. put anything else on it. Um, so, have you read the uh, Sam Burgess interview? I have. I have. Good, eh? Yes, it was. Um, yeah. Doesn't get on with the Explosive. Fords. The Burgesses and the Fords. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, it's one of them things, boy, where you, you do need the other side of it, really, for, for it to be fair. Mm-hmm. But um, we're not going to get that. I mean, there's just nothing in it for George or Mike Ford to... I mean, what's the incentive for either of those two to go on a podcast? Yeah, or do an interview. With Stuart Lancaster is the one, mate, to cast a view over it because he's probably not going to be biased towards either. You'd think, but I agree. It was brutally honest, which is great, which you hardly see. Um, yeah, in this day and age, do you? And nope, you know, it's great. He, he didn't uh, mince his words. Properly called out Mike Ford and George. Called him a snake. Yeah. Uh, with an ulterior motive of wanting to coach England. So, yeah. I mean, I love those types of interviews because they are so frank and they're straight to the point. And, yeah. you know, he's not he's not talking around things. He's just getting straight in and name dropping as well. Yeah. So, doesn't muck about. No. And you've got more, I've got more respect point. for a guy it's like almost... that. Hey? I've got more respect for a guy like that. It just says what he feels, how it is, and actually names yep. people. And also, um, it's a bit like, he's not like Michael Jordan, obviously, but he is like 
top of the food chain in rugby league, Sam Burgess. Yeah. So he's hot property, now he's retired, whatever, and he was the man as a player. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he can just say what he thinks without the fear of it kind of damaging his second career or damaging his reputation or people thinking, oh, I don't want to touch him now. Yep. So it's like Michael Jordan could say what he wanted within reason. He could say that, you know, Scotty Pippen was overrated and never liked him and he was a coward. I mean, he wouldn't say that, but if he said it, what you don't, what you don't see is people dropping Michael Jordan. You know, you see the other, you see people dropping, taking his word for it. So mm. I think Sam Burgess is in a similar position in, t- in rugby terms, in rugby league terms, not union league terms, because he can say what he wants and he's still the man. But you can see where the confusion comes in as well when he's talking about the positions that he's playing in. And Bath mm. wanted him to play in six because they had uh, Jonathan Joseph and Carl Eastman and that partnership was working uh, and it worked towards the way that Bath wanted to play as well. So he'd sort of fit in at a six slash twelve, Roman twelve. So they're, they're, that's muddy as it is. You know, you yeah. you can't just be a Roma really. You can if you're a great winger like a um, Siviatu or a Shane Williams, where you've just got you know a, an open book really, and you can do what you want. Um, but being a, a Roman six or and a twelve sort of combined just just doesn't work. You need you need clear sort of objectives of what of what you want to get out of positions. Mm. So you can see that. You can see why Bath wanted to play him six and you can also see why England wanted to use him in the midfield. But yeah. that is the problem right there, isn't it? You know, you come over as one player, uh, as one position, that's it. You don't, especially mixing between backs and forwards. Yeah, I mean, I was actually working at Bath Rugby after I'd retired when Sam Burgess was signed, when the whole thing went through so I remember uh, the chairman of the club saying come and have a look in here and he's on his laptop looking at you know he's watching sort of sparkly eye boy or whatever it was or highlights and he's like we're getting him and I was like awesome man like I like rugby league I'm not an expert but I love it and I know Sam Burgess is and I'm like right this is going to be awesome Um, and I remember someone saying to me just like in a management meeting not the chairman just saying what position will he play and I said well he's got to play in the back row it's the only place he can play well, no, he's too quick. He can do the centre. I was like, no way. Look what Kyle does. Yeah. And then look at, there's no way he could do what Kyle does. And Kyle's like one of the most underrated players in the Prem, I think. He's just a class player. And, Injured um, a lot though, that's a problem. Yeah, he does get hurt a lot. But he was when he was at Bath, he was just absolute class. Yeah. And um, and a good fellow as well, which I like. But uh, there's no way. And what you, you want Sam Burgess banging and clanging in traffic. That's what you want. Um. But yeah, I, rem- I remember being there when it became apparent that England wanted him as a centre and Bath didn't. And I must say, Bath, I think, were correct not to put him, to want him as a back row. And Sam Burgess says the same thing. But if someone picks you at centre for a World Cup, you're going to go and play, mate. You know, it's like, um, that's that's the way it goes. But it, and he, he ended up, he did absolutely fine at centre. He only played five tests. He did absolutely fine, didn't he? But... You know, you could see where it would get murky. Yeah. And then you've got a club coach, you know, whose son's on the bench for someone who's never played before. And it's like, well, I get that. But what, what I also, I get why that would irk you because it's, but also, you know, Ollie Devoto was effectively jettisoned when Sam Burgess arrived. He was just jettisoned. And then he went on to Chiefs and has done brilliantly well. And he was not the name. And Sam Burgess was very high profile. We were all very excited. But Devoto was a much more capable centre because he'd done it so much more. Yeah. But he was just binned. Carl Ferns effectively binned from the back row from my from memory. If my memory's wrong, correct me. 
Carl Ferns was an unbelievably productive, dominant player for Bath when he played. Good singer as well. And just like, sorry? Good singer as well. Good singer, but he was effectively deleted. And it was like, well, I kind of get that. Uh, but Would we be having this conversation if England had won that game? You know, he, he, can't, uh, he can't sort of fathom how England lost that game. And I suppose if you look at the game as a whole, you know, Wales come back into it, but, you know, most of possession and territory really was with England. Um, but, you know, if England won, you know, we he'd still be playing rugby union. I don't think he would have gone back to rugby league because mm. everything was rosy. I mean, he did his job on the field. Yeah, he got exposed once. Um, at the end of the first half. But, you know, he did his job. As he comes off the field, England are winning by seven, ten points, I think. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, Tommy, I think you might be right. And it's just, an, he's very, very similar to Andy Farrell, wasn't he? In that yeah. Andy Farrell was more of a sort of a baller, I guess, rather than a specimen. But he was a big, powerful bloke. And they didn't quite, he started, played a bit of six. Was he a back row? Was he a centre? And it's like, well... Look at the best 12s. Could Sam Burgess do what they do? Maybe in time, but is he ever going to have the speed and agility? Maybe not. But then you look at, you know, stick him in the back row and it, it, six is the obvious place. And, you know, you and I said that from the start, six or eight probably. But actually, although he's a beast in rugby league, he wasn't actually a beast in union because the because mm. it's, it's such a big man's game. It's a giant's game. I wonder if he would have had that impact. My my feet, my guess is that he probably would have done very well at six because but it would have taken time his, that's the problem yeah and, and his mindset was such that he was very keen to be dominant so he would have found ways to nail people but it's also carry well and, how much time he's given and how much clubs unions want to invest in him until he sort of gets mm. it because I always remember Yeston Harris when he came over and you know they tried to start him at 10 you know that I mean it was too technical I think a position for someone like Yeston to come over and just adapt to straight away you know rugby is is a sport where you know you have to play the game from a young age really to get to know what your roles are where you're, you're positioning yeah tactically um they found a position with 12 of them with him eventually but you know just as he's sort of settling in he leaves um yeah and goes back to league so it's it's how much time as well bath and england were willing to invest him till he gets it because it's i'd say it's far more technical um, oh, well, back row, Bath, back Bath row paid a ton of money 12. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah, for three years, they were they were they were keen to invest a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty. I don't know, but I'm pretty confident he was the top earner at the club or close to it. Mm. Um, I think the whole he came for the money thing was balls. I mean, I I read from multiple sources and newspapers and whatever. Hold that he on, took a you pay think balls? He's come for the money. He took a pay cut to come to Union. He paid less money to come. So he was on less money at Bath than he was on at South Sydney Rabbitohs is what I read in numerous things. And I even, don't okay. quote me on this, I remember I Sam Burgess confirming that in an article once. Could be wrong. Of course, you start playing for England, you get tons of money, and I'm sure he earned a lot more in that year than he would have done at Rabbitohs because five tests for England is well over 100,000 quid. But, and he went to a World Cup and all that, but, you know, it's... He did not come for a massive pay rise is the thing. And I think he might have gone back for one. Good on him. Mm. But often your stock grows when you're away. But mm. um, I think uh, yeah, I think that wasn't the thing. I think he wanted to come over and be a rock star in Union and play at the World Cup and nearly worked. Nearly mm. worked. And all this, 
this toing and throwing is well, it's not toing. It's just not toing and throwing. It's just toing. It's all very unedifying, but it's great to watch, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A uh, little bit of news as well. James Hook has officially retired now. Um, we knew he was going to retire at the end of the season, and, and it's a shame, isn't it? It's like Parise, Parise, you know, didn't really get his last send off. We're going to see Parise play off the bench for Italy and the Six Nations if he's on this year. Probably not yeah, now, probably. are we? Um, James William Hook has signed off. Great player, great bloke. Um, he's gonna. He wants to be a traffic cop. What? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether he's actually going to do it, but you know, whenever he was asked what he's going to do out after rugby, or if he wasn't a rugby player, he quite liked the idea of being a traffic cop. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, what a Firstly, yeah, James Hook, what a player. I mean, someone I, I put on Twitter earlier, someone said, yeah, I I quote, I tweeted about him. And someone said, um, yeah, such an un- underrated player. I was like, mate, underrated. He's got 81 caps and he's a British and Irish lion. Like, I wish I was that underrated, mate. Yeah. Like, he, he, and then someone said he could have had 130 caps. And I, I agree with that. Like, I don't think he's not felt- underrated because we saw and we've seen how great he was. You know, you look at that yeah. 2008 uh, England v Wales game where, you know, he has a, such a fantastic game. Um, some of the games we've seen him with, the Ospreys, Gloucester, the lot. But I just, I don't think you saw the full potential of him, is what I would say. Because yeah, he was so get good. get many caps. And, yeah. Yeah, they did get many caps, but in a lot of different positions. Mm. 12, 13, 15, 10. You know, he was naturally going to take over from Stephen Jones as the next 10. And mm. I think, Wales probably should have stuck a little bit harder with him and and trying to convert him, not convert him, but um, give him more experience. Um, but they chopped and changed him round, and I think you know that was detrimental to him starting games really because he became a bit mm-hmm. of a jack of all trades. You know, he'd be on the bench because he's so versatile with so much cover. But mm-hmm. when I look back at some of the great games he's played, they've all been at ten. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. That's yep. interesting. I mean, he is—he was just like beautiful to watch. Yeah. Nightmare to play against. I only played against him a couple of times, but nightmare because he—he just—it's almost like—I mean, he just had everything. Yeah. So, but it's almost like with Shane Williams, he gets the ball, or Jason Robinson, everyone bricks it and they're on high alert. But James Hook will get the ball in positions where there is no real threat, and he had the passing game, the kicking game, the pace, the footwork, the confidence. It was like he would just embarrass you. What, he was one of those players that embarrassed you on telly. He's not a massive bloke, right? He's incredibly chiselled and muscular, but such a good handoff. You know, like, you look at some of the boys you've played with and, and watch, like, you know, Leon Lloyd had a great handoff. Dan Carter's got a great yeah. handoff. James Hook is up there. Such a skill. You know, you think it's easy to hand people off, but there is an actual proper skill to it about, you know, being able to use their momentum as you push them away to sort of edge away as well. You know, it's not just about how strong you are it's huge technique and he had a great one he had a great shotgun I got handed off by Xavier Rush once see that was bad he's not massive I kept, I kept out of his jersey luckily <laughs> I wouldn't say bad. he's got a massive he's like the forearm carry and he liked no, he to bowl me. people over it was a punch I'm mm. sure it was a punch like, and then like, when Craig Quinnell came to Sarries he handed someone off and as he handed them off he closed his fist and just chinned them as he was running it was it was Jamie Joseph the Japan coach we're playing on tour in Japan. You were there. Yeah, yeah. 
and he got the ball, came off the bench, he carried, and as Jamie Joseph came to tackle, we handed him off and basically just punched him. Would you rather be handed off or sat down? Handed off. Mm. Yeah. So I got my angles wrong rather than I was dominated. Or you went too high. That's the problem. That's why most people get handed off because they don't sink and they're, they're going for a grab tackle. Yeah. Mm. Um, also in the news, well, not in the news, before we get to the other bit of news, this whole retiring during COVID thing is sad for a lot of players and James Hook's one of them, but Francois Lowe is another one. Yeah. I mean, one of the greats, one of the greatest Bath players, but a great Springbok World Cup winner, epic bloke. And he is just retiring in lockdown, so it's kind of over now. Unless, unless the se- the season might get finished, hopefully. Um, but you know, you've got this. If if the season does get finished, fine. But if this is, it's an odd way to go out, isn't it? Yeah, you must. You know, sat at home feeling low for yourself. <laughs> also, Dan Carter's rejoined the Blues. Have you seen that? Yeah, and you know, especially when you're leaving, and you know, it's your last season. You know, you want to put in. A special effort don't you you want to be remembered and unfortunately mm. boys can't do that now you know boys can't have their their final send-off you know hopefully mm. once we get over this you know socially they'll be able to say goodbye and you know maybe he could you know we could just do something with the fans but it is a shame to see great players like that having to retire mm. with without having a proper farewell yeah. is what i would say maybe we should have a big party when this yeah. is over Invite anyone. Just a massive fight at a party. Yeah, Dan um, Carter going to um, the Blues. Blues. Mm. What are you saying? Yeah. Um, great. Doesn't affect yeah. me either way. He's sort of filtered out now, really, hasn't he? He's been playing in Japan. Not really here too much for him, really. So it's. I think it's great for him going back. I read about it going back home where his family live. So nice little way to finish his, finish his career. I don't even know how old he is, mate. I'm guessing about 45. Yeah, he's 43 now. Mm. Um, I know that when I got to sixth form, he'd left the school. He'd left school nine years before that. Yeah. I know that. So I think he's 43. Yeah, he's doing manual labour. Um, another bit of news as well. Apparently they've um, arrested someone or the cops suspect someone um, who actually might have killed Madeleine McCann. What? This case, will, oh. this case will always be open, won't it? Because it was such a infamous... Is that true? Have they really? Apparently so. Apparently... A German who was in the camper van in the Prior de Luce area in 2007. Um, and he's actually in prison now for similar crimes. But Oh my gosh. Apparently, who knows? Though, I've I mean, that, pass me by, fella. I'm going to Google that when we get off the pod. Yeah. Um, we've got a guest today, haven't we? We sure do. He's a weirdo. It's Jason Fox one week. It's Sir Chris Hoy the next. And it is... Um, Lord Tom Biggs this week. Now, um, okay, he doesn't have Olympic gold medals and he hasn't been in the SAS, but Biggsy is one of the, you can't say someone's more unique than someone else. He's one of the most individual characters I know. Calls it like it is, lives life how he wants to live it. Um, absolute, absolute straight shooter. Never heard the bloke tell a lie. Never known him not pull someone up on something he doesn't think is right. And I, Always uh, got on very well with Tom Biggs. He's a weirdo. So we're going to get him on. And, he's a bit eh? weird. He's a bit weird. I've met him in, in yeah, Hong yeah, Kong yeah. a couple of times, and like I say hello to him, at, like the Hong Kong rugby club, and he go, "Oh, what are you up to now?" I'm like, "Oh, just going to go back hotel, have a quick shower and change." Oh, can I come? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, what are you doing now? I'm just going to meet a couple of boys for food. Oh, can I come? Yeah, yeah, all right, fine. Just 
wouldn't leave me, mate. Would not leave me alone. A bit embarrassing, yeah. really, but yeah, I felt I sorry for him. Like I felt sorry for him. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll ask him about his bodybuilding and about his love of Marvel cartoon characters and um, what he made of all. What he, what he made of it all. What he made of it all. Mm. Um, anyway, should we get into him? Okay, let's give him a call. Uh, let's do. This. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, Big C, how are you, lad? I'm good, pal. How are you? Yeah, very good. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, I know you know me intimately, but you know Shanks as well, don't you? Yeah, hunted him down in Hong Kong once. He probably doesn't remember. I do. Try to follow me around. It's a bit of a delay Hong here. Kong. Just to com- just to confirm, you're not on the other side of the world. Yeah, well, sort of are. You're in Hull, aren't you? I am in Hull. Yeah, I'm in Hull. Um, sorry, it's not Sam Burgess or George Ford talking to you, by the way. Well, we were just saying it's you know we like to get people on. We think it'll be interesting. So we had Foxy from SAS who dares wins. We had Sir Chris Hoy, and now we've got you. Um, and all right, you you haven't been in the special forces as far as we know, but I think I think you are an interesting bloke in your own right. In your own right, um, so don't feel insecure, okay? Don't feel inadequate. We're happy to have you. We want to peel you apart like an onion and just see what's under each level. Delightful. Yeah, you want you might make us cry. Uh, what have you? First of all, what you doing, Big Z? How's lockdown? Um, and what's your current situation? What are you benching? Lockdown yeah. is good. It's been a little bit extended, my lockdown, so I was a little bit ill at the start of it. Um, but keeping busy, looking after my housemates, and just enjoying a bit of free time, really. Training-wise, um, got a little gym garage set up, so that is that is nice to have. Had a few people actually messaging, wanting to come round like it's fine to do it, which I found quite peculiar. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I do get quite a lot of random blokes, but they're just more keen for underwear rather than actual training. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, quite bizarre that people are, you know, think it's okay. Um, so, Big Z, we'll talk about your um, sort of bodybuilding, not sort of bodybuilding, your bodybuilding in a minute. But first of all, just take us... Um, Sort of when when you we don't want you to take us through your rugby career, but when you look back on your rugby career, what what do you feel? What do you think? Do you think wonderful time, loved every minute, um, did more than I ever thought, or could have done this and didn't, or hated that club and loved this club? How do you feel when you look back at it? I love my time at all the different clubs that I played for, um, but do look back with slight regret that I didn't achieve more and didn't reach what I wanted to reach. So it's, it's a strange one. I never thought I'd get into being a professional rugby player when I was younger. So achieve more than what I ever thought I could. But then having been part of it and finishing, you know, I did want to achieve more. Um, I remember playing at Bath against you and you played at Leeds. And I think you um, beat us at home, beat us at the rec, I think. I, might, I can't remember where it was. But you had a really good game. And... Um, I remember after the game, the lads were like, we're sort of senior player meeting on the Monday or whatever. And it's like, as soon as you lose to Leeds, you have like a panic meeting, like an honesty <laughs> session. And um, it was like, we had that and it was like, yeah. And one of the boys, that might have, I can't remember who it was, Mudos or someone said, yeah, might be a good idea to try and sign that Biggs. And whoever the DOR was, I can't remember it was Geach or whoever was like, yeah, we tried once and we didn't get in. We're trying again. Was that right? Did Bath try to get you a couple of times? Yeah, in, I think it was my first or... Or second year at, at Bath, I can't remember which one. So yeah, they had tried, but at that stage I was quite young. So it was actually Steve Meehan was in charge when I uh, yeah. went down. Um, and Bath weren't in a good place at the time because this was on the back of a few boys getting in trouble and things like that. Um, so when I did meet them, it was so it was uh, Steve Meehan and Nick Blofeld who I met. Yeah. Um, and this was literally just after you could, you know, sign for clubs. And I was desperate to get down there. Obviously, the rugby that you boys played, the players that you had. Um, but it was, for me, the first two clubs I was at was Leeds and Newcastle. So to come down to a huge club like like Bath was, or is, was uh, it was pretty nerve-wracking, particularly with the players that you had there already. So I'd never really been around that many sort of big name big name players and also with Joe Maddock going out as well it was you know added a bit of pressure with Joe Maddock leaving the club you mean so you were kind of yeah. replacing yeah. Joe yeah yeah which it, he, the... he's one of the names that people hardly ever mention but I thought he was an amazing player yeah he was fantastic and at the time Bath thought they were going to that he was going to be staying that was what I thought mm. was going to happen so you know it's obviously great for me to that he wasn't there because it's less competition to get in the team yeah, there's plenty of experience you've got from Newcastle, from Bath, Worcester. Um, who would be the one player that you would line up against come game day and you think, oh, no, I wish he wasn't playing? I think Salossi Tagithakibau. I've probably pronounced that slightly wrong. but No, you've done was, it right. You've done it right. done it right. So I just thought he was yep. exceptional for London Irish. His yep. speed, power, skills... If you went low on him, he'd, he'd offload. And yeah, he was, uh, he was. I think, the, 
one of the people you thought, oh God, I don't really want to go against him. Because when you're on the wing, obviously a lot of the time, you don't really ever come up one-on-one with your opposite no. man. No. But yeah, I thought he was uh, he was very good. So shepherd him into touch. Is there is there a favourite try that you can remember? You're a try machine. Uh, oh, yes. Ross at Twickenham, hat-trick, got to be. Uh, that was a great day. That was a great day. Really enjoyed that. But no, my um, favourite try was actually for Leeds against Leicester because I... You ran got, over Andy Good. Uh, I got <laughs> kicked out the team. Um, and we had our 21s, whatever it was at the time. And we were on a real bad losing run and hadn't played for a couple of months. And Phil was like, oh, we're going to start you. Actually, it might have been JC, John Callard, said yeah. we're going to start you at fullback this weekend against Leicester, which at the time is when Leicester were really good. It was my dad's birthday and I scored a try. We won the game and then we went and beaten for the rest of the season, won the Power Gen Cup and stayed in the Premiership. So that is definitely my favourite try. More than oh, anything, wow. it, it being my dad's birthday, I think. Oh, were you were you playing were you playing at Twickenham when you beat Bath? Yeah. When you beat us Twickenham. I played in that. What well I mate. Congratulations, yeah. Yeah, so that day. was again I well, I didn't start at fullback. Bolsh started at fullback. Of course he did. Got injured and then I I moved to fullback. So standard. That's such standard Bolsh. Um <laughs> I remember Hoop, Stuart Hooper being mega that day. He was fantastic. Yeah, that, he got, that was one that was one of the He got his face really bashed cool. in. Really bashed in. But a lot of time for Hoops, he was a fantastic captain. And at Leeds and at, at Bath as a leader, I thought he was superb. Yeah, superb bloke. So when you look back on your time at Bath, you played under a couple of regimes, uh, as did I. What did you, I mean, the whole, you arrived just after the drug scandal hit Bath, the cocaine scandal hit Bath, and or refusal to test, whatever you want to call it. And it's obviously a, an odd time to join a club. Um, but what did you make of the various regimes there? Because Bath is a club that, yes, we won a trophy in 2008, but it's a club that has in very, very crude terms, spent an awful lot of money and not won very much um, off the back of it. And of course, it's, it's hard to win things. But what did you make of the various regimes there? Well, the first one, Geach came in as, I think he was director of rugby and Steve Meehan was yeah. head coach. Um, and it was, I mean, it was not, it was an unprofessional setup, I would call it. So in terms of, you know, you're rocking around, the Bath University to do a bit of training, then you're down to the rec to get some food, then you're down at Lambridge, it's wear what you want, we'll do a quick, you know, meeting, out you go, there's boys coming out with <laughs> a few coffees, like in the middle of training and, and stuff like that, which was, it obviously worked <laughs> for the team because you'd been doing really well. Um, and I think Geach was like the one who wanted to change that, he wanted more sort of, lads, we've got to be more professional and the players they brought in and moving it, so they brought in uh, Lewis Moody and Simon Taylor that year as well and moved it to Farley yeah. House. They were like, we've got to be more professional because it might have been all right in the past, but Bruce Craig's taken over now and he's investing a lot of money to make this club successful. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that year was working with Brad Davis. So, Oh, yeah. Brad was our defence coach and... I mean, he was he was very yeah. hard on me. He was hard on a lot of a lot of guys, but um, yeah, a lot of time for Brad. And it was a shame when he left. I can't remember if he was there for two years, but it was a real shame when he uh, he left because he was brilliant for me and a lot of the boys as well. 
Well, um, I, I got the impression, and this is, this is one of those things, Bigsy, where you never quite know. And I was working at the club at the time, but not on the rugby side. As you know, I was on the commercial side. So you just don't hear loads of stuff from the rugby. You'll often hear about big signings on Twitter before you hear about it from the club. That's just the way it worked then. Um, not that joined up. But I remember Brad being a brilliant coach. And I, I, I've often said he's one of the best coaches I ever had. So it's funny you say his name. And um, and a great bloke. He was hard on us, but geez, he was a good coach and knew his stuff. But then sort of Gary Gold, Mike Ford and those guys came in and Brad seemed to, he, he never seemed to be alongside them. He always seemed to be separate, whether they kept him separate or he felt separate. And then he left and it all seemed messy and unfair. And what do you remember of Brad leaving Bath? Because I remember thinking it was a massive loss. Yeah, I remember we had a meeting and Fordy led a defence meeting um, saying our defence wasn't good enough while Brad was next to him, which was strange. And... Right. No one really knew, like, so there was uh, Toby Booth came in and Neil Hatley. And I think I remember, couldn't remember at the time what, if Fordy was going to do the attack, Fordy wanted to do the defence, if Brad wanted to move on with, with what had gone on, Gary coming in. So I can't really remember, to be honest, what what happened with Brad leaving. I can't remember with what happened with Gary Gold leaving, to be honest. Um, it's just sort of, as players, you get a meeting, so-and-so's leaving, <laughs> that's usually it move on um so True, yeah, isn't it? don't yeah. really remember i didn't hear anything about well i don't even know if brad wanted to leave or or whatever so yeah no know. you just you get called in and say lads this has happened um so we'll all crack on with it and um yeah anyway training's at 10 that's literally what it's like <laughs> yeah. isn't it you just yeah. have no yeah it's so true and so as a player were you were you at bath when sam burgess arrived or had you gone by no then? i'd i'd gone by then but I was there for the, you know, the famous meeting where everyone at Bath Rugby gathered in the barn, <laughs> yeah. and oh, everyone's yeah. thinking, "What's going on here?" All the commercial staff have come over, you know, the chefs, cleaners, everyone involved and employed by Bath Rugby, and Fordy leads his PowerPoint presentation and goes, "We're signing the best player in the world. We're going to build our club around him." Messi's coming. <laughs> <laughs> And well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was great because I was a big rugby league fan. I obviously know who Sam Burgess is because you know he's, he was the best player in the world. Um, but yeah. a, a lot of boys weren't particularly happy about it, I would say. But Fordy was, you know, desperate to to get him in and build everything to do with Bath around him. And obviously, yeah. he came in and say what you want, but the boys got to the Premiership final. That year, so. I was genuinely excited about him coming. I was properly excited. No threat. I'm, that's you know, why, sure. mate. There's no threat. It wasn't a prop. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, if they said, "Oh, we're going to turn Sam Burgess into a loose head, the best loose head ever." Nope. <laughs> nope. I'd have been knifing ne- people never left, right, the centre boy. Him. You wouldn't have offered him any steak. That's for sure. I'd have been. I'd have been. I'd be knifing him on WhatsApp to all the lads, mate. Big T, you're Absolutely. you're a winger, right? There's yeah. an out and out winger. Um, did you enjoy your time at the Seven Circuit as well? Because with the pace you've got, and you know. Playing on the wing is all about scoring tries. Did you did you enjoy sevens more than fifteens, or do you still love yeah, sort yeah, of nostalgia no, concept of? No, the I definitely 15s? enjoyed enjoyed the sevens more. Um, we we did quite well in the. I did it for like a full year. We did pretty yeah. well, apart from it was the World Cup that year, which unfortunately Wales went on to win, but won't mention that huh. again, which was disappointing. Tal um, Sarevi. 
played, didn't they? So the sevens team that we had, we had a real <laughs> good group of of guys, basically good coaches, and we had more or less the same squad for the yeah. full year. Um, yeah, we had Dan Norton was playing then, and James Rodwell, who's still, yeah. I think those two are still playing. Um, so yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, the stuff that you get to go and experience was just out of this world and we had um ollie phillips was our captain so he arranged some really good stuff to be fair to him obviously we hammered him at every opportunity yeah um, obviously such yeah, a hairy project. bloke mind isn't he yeah well he was even hairier then um yeah so Benjamin yeah the, the yeah. sevens was, was was really good and yeah just had that disappointment at the uh the world cup where's your favorite uh country to tour with sevens because you got you get to go all around the world which is amazing I really liked, we were in San Diego for the America leg, it was before Vegas, so I really liked ah, San Diego. The Wales vagina. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Wales vagina? What was That's from Anchorman. Right? Anchorman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, Come on yeah, it, it, seems, it seems like quite a, uh, quite a nice life, the Sevens life. Um, not one I've experienced. Now, what kind of, what defines people who kind of... Um, don't play anymore is often to a lot of people is what they see on social media because that's all anybody knows of you anymore um and you were you were always rigged up you always had a good chassis um and questionable lids but good chassis and you've taken that to another level since retirement haven't you so Mm. tell us a little bit about your bodyboarding and why you're doing it why you enjoy it and where you want to go with it and do you own any t-shirts because i can't see any (laughs) on your social media no just vests (laughs) um it was just so when i retired it was because of an ankle injury so didn't realize how much you wanted to compete in something and can't run so that takes obviously a whole lot of sport out of it um and a few people were like oh why don't you do this you know bodybuilding men's physique stuff and always been into like you know, WWF wrestling, all the action heroes, stuff like that. So Disney was, was like, yeah, I'd be keen to give it a go and spoke to a few people and just thought oh, it looks a lot of hard work and do I really want to, you know, push myself to do it. And I think when I was playing, I did my, you know, some training qualifications, SNC and nutrition. And along the way, obviously you meet various people. So I think the, obviously the first person that I met that got me into doing a bit of weights was a guy Arnie. called well yeah a guy called Matt Challoner who plays for Doncaster now but he was actually on my university course at Leeds and he was a mm. behemoth of a, of a bloke then when we were oh, mm. 18 19 so he was like right you're skinny whatever I'm taking you to the gym um because you're a disgrace basically so yeah. sounds like grooming to me but carry on. <laughs> I'd go and do uh we do some weights with him he was in like you know proper Leeds Academy and all the rest of it. And then we had, um, don't know if you've ever come across to me, the Adam Carey, the nutritionist. Yeah, I know. He used to be the England nutritionist. Oh, right, ago, yeah. Yeah. So he came into Leeds and back then he knew nothing about nutrition, but quite liked, you know, the stuff he said. He loved just putting in a swear word when he was speaking in front of rugby lads as well, which yeah. I always found yeah. <laughs> quite amusing. Love that. Morning, you, morning, <laughs> yeah. you bastards. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So gave me a little bit of, like interest on nutrition that I wanted to continue with. So I was going through playing the sort of nutrition and 
fitness part was always quite important to me. Um, more than anything, it's because I was competing against players that were better skill level than me. So I was trying to do everything I could to, you know, close that gap basically, or be be better than them. If I can be, you know, fitter and stronger than them, then you know that means they've got to catch up. So obviously had a lot of education around it in courses and just thought yeah I'm going to go for it and did a couple of competitions one went quite well one didn't go so well what happened shit yourself it's (laughs) um wasn't wasn't quite as bad as that um do see some I mean some of the stuff you see going on in these it's it is just ridiculous um you know just Boys, you know, people drinking bottles of vodka, trying to dehydrate themselves, and <laughs> and it's just, just absolutely. I mean, it is bizarre. So I know people's take on it is, it's weird and it's bizarre, but um, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed the process of of doing it and finding out more about my training. How diet tough is it like though? That. How tough is the training? Because you know, people just think you know, you, you give yourself an injection. Sort of every every week, but uh, Shanks, there's more to Big C than just drugs. All right, the boy said that, but no, obviously you're clean. You know, you're one of the only clean ones um, I know. But the training, how much time does it take in the gym to it's, to it's build this physique, or do you airbrush yourself? It's not so much the um, the tr- it's definitely the the diet makes the big difference. is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's why it's I feel so hard. Wrong. Is, I mean, it's such mm. an, unha- an unhealthy thing to do because you're basically starving yourself for, you know... I only did it for, I think it was six weeks preparation. Before what would your diet be then during that period? So... Give an example. So you're trying to... Oh, it's pretty boring, to, to be honest. No, I mean, no, no, go on. Give us a day. Give us a day's worth. Then, so, you know, right. Of, you, so first of all, you need to work out your TDEE, which is Total Daily Energy Expenditure. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know so, that. Yeah. let's say mine might be, I don't know, two and a half thousand calories I need a day to maintain. Yeah. And typically, you'd probably look to lose, say, if you wanted to lose a pound of fat a week, that's so a pound of fat is three and a half thousand calories. So, you need to be in a 500 calorie deficit every day. And oh. then oh, you're going God. high protein other, to try and maintain the, around, the muscle. Yeah. Um, and then closer to the competition, you're trying to do sort of a keto diet so that when you do put uh, carbs back into your body, the glycogen is going to pull water into into your muscles and make you look bigger. Yeah, make you, that's maybe the veins pop out in your arms yeah. a little bit. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty Did you get boring. hangry? Did you get hangry on it, you know, that you become so hungry that everything is, is a nightmare yeah, around yeah, you. Yeah, irritable. definitely. Yeah, sleeping's a real problem. You don't sleep very well and your joints... Really? Your joints really hurt and stuff like that. Um, oh, mate. So the, where it sends you... Like, I spoke to loads of people before I did it and they were like, look, just be careful because you might menta- mentally it'll it'll just like put you in a bad in a bad way, which... And yeah. you're, quite, you're quite a dark geezer anyway, aren't you? Yes. Like, you know, yeah. you don't... Yeah. yeah you don't so, need dragging down any further. You'll be a killer. <laughs> So there were times it's 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 dark, and then after the last competition I did, because I just binged on so much food, really bad water retention. So um, basically, the water just held in my body, and my 
feet and hands swelled with water. So <laughs> pins, <laughs> pins and needles, um, which was just made you feel awful. But you're still just. I remember. Can I just ask? I remember you posting pictures um, on the uh, when you're actually competing when you're out on the stage? Do you get to choose your own music and like how long? Oh, do you there's, have to... there's no music in my one. It was oh. literally. So I'm in the I'm in the like the girly one. So the long shorts. Um, yeah, and that okay. was one of the. They were like, you should you shouldn't be competing in this one. You should be competing in the next. You know, next oh, one. Okay. But maybe next time. I'll Is that like you. a cyclist? Is that like a cyclist? You don't have the. You know, like get into cycling, you don't have the full confidence to wear like bibs and cycling shorts. You wear yeah, a normal pair of shorts. What music do you think I should have if I do it again? Um, I reckon oh "Creep" by Radiohead. <laughs> 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 yeah, perfect. What the hell perfect. am I doing here? <laughs> I don't belong uh, here. Just to you're so you're actually you're actually kind of at your. You're broken. You're always like at your weakest when you look you're like you're at your strongest. Yes. It's kind of your yeah, low you energy. See, like, it's so bizarre. It's called death face. So the, your cheeks go into like a skull on your on your face. So it's really. I remember looking look, pictures of you. It was like, oh my god. I mean, your body was your physique was unbelievable. Your mm. face looked completely different. Um, just to just just because we are joking about it, just to make sure. Um, if Shanks and I thought or knew that Big Z um was jabbing himself with Roy's we wouldn't make jokes about it we probably wouldn't have had him on because it would have been awkward but I've I speak to Big Z privately and I know that he's not he yeah. just eats the right stuff and lifts hard um it's Jabatan yeah, that's that's all Jabatan is it melanin or melanonin or something <laughs> people jab into themselves um Big Z you're um you are um a man in many ways including age and sort of physique but you are um, a child in other ways too in that you love marvel comic book heroes and all that kind of stuff um and your gym at home has got like the incredible hulk or she-ra in it or something hasn't it <laughs> yeah i've got um incredible hulk on one side and thor on the other side of my cage like a life-size stand-up yeah motivation yeah, why not? is it or yeah why not just it was just, just it. i saw I... baywatch and i had a picture of cj on the wall Nice, mm. nice. Um, yeah. It was just stuff that I'd randomly collected over the years. I was in the loft, so I just thought that'd be the best stuff to to put up there. The best thing I've got in there actually is a signed picture from Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was some darkness had come out. <laughs> there he is. We found him. We peeled a layer back. We got him. Um, I went, um, I'm with you though. On that. You, I've, went... got a, I've got a stormtrooper's outfit, so I'm, I'm into all that sort of stuff as well. You're into all that, Rolf. You're into Rolf. I uh, <laughs> once Bigsy, I went on a mate of mine stag do, and we all bought, we all groups of three had 150 quid each to spend on a car. So 50 quid a man, you'd buy the worst car you could. And um, I had 60 quid change or something for my 150 quid. Anyway, then we got to graffiti each other's cars to drive from Thames Ditton in London to Cardiff and um we all got you know like cockpit partridge and that sort of stuff and I just my mate had a white car and I just wrote in black free Rolf Harris <laughs> along the side so it just been done. <laughs> it was really bad someone followed us into a service station well, I probably went for my mate that was brilliant <laughs> and then as he was so as he was we'd, we use these cars it was it, what I'm what I'm gonna say is bad but not that bad he was basically this bloke out of his car out of his big four by four was having a go at my mate Adam the stag because uh, you see what's written on your car Adam's like mate it's a joke well it ain't funny yeah and my mate Matt just drove in in his 40 quid Volvo and smashed it into the back of Adam's car smashed all the lights out 
got out and went, lads, and just kept walking into the service stations. <laughs> this bloke didn't know what had happened. Didn't know what had happened. Um, anyway, there you go. There we are. Well, anyway, Bigsy, um, we'll let you get back to whatever you're doing. Thank you for... What are you actually doing, apart from... A bit are you of... still a bodybuilder? Are you still doing it? Well, no, not the moment. At the moment, I'm just working my way through Netflix and movies. So Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's... That's all right. It's, yeah, because uh, yeah, everything, well, nothing's going to go on this year, so there's not really much yeah, point. Sorry, mate. We've, com- we've completed Netflix and other certain hubs. What's the favourite thing you've anyway. seen? Um, oh, Afterlife made me cry and laugh in every episode. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Homeland Season 8. I don't know if you watched <sighs> them. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Um I'm trying to think what else I've, I've watched so I many I, since... I, I can't remember half the yeah. stuff I've watched oh Last Dance you've seen Last Dance Big Z yeah, yeah that's very good very good mm. oh I read today that Tiger Woods is going to get his own Last Dance type documentary they're going to do one on Tiger Woods interesting presumably it'd be semi-pornographic but um, hopefully I'll be keen to watch that yeah it'd be great hopefully yeah see some see some stuff in it uh, hey cheers Big Z just keep going keep eating right yeah eat cheers, clean lads. train dirty yeah <laughs> Lovely to see you. Speak to you. Well done, Big C. Cheers then, fella. Bye. Bye. Lovely that. Always say that after chatting to a guest. It's just nice, isn't it? Having a chat with someone. Yeah. Quite a long pod, this, mind. Um, Partly because we've been starved of any contact. Yeah, I've I've got... I'll listen to this tomorrow. I've I've planned a little walk, a little bit of me time tomorrow, and I'm going to maybe go for a walk or something with my dogs, a slow walk. My big dog, Gus, is so old. It takes. It can take forty minutes to get round the block, which oh, is a twelve-minute walk. Um, but I'm I'm going to listen to our pod because uh, I don't often listen to ours because I already know what we say. But I'm also going to listen to um, Collecting Cars podcast, Tommy, which I'm very excited about. I saw talking of dogs. I saw a lovely French hound on my travels this morning. But it was, I can't a remember what? what it was. A French hound. It was from a certain area. I can't remember what the area was because I asked the lady. I said, "Look, that's a beautiful dog, ma'am." Um, <laughs> what breed is it? Uh, it wouldn't be a Bouvier. No, it began with P. I'm pretty sure. Um, but it was <laughs> lovely. It was a, yeah. a bit like a, a Weimarama. But yeah, it was yeah, with the hound colours, you know, of the white and brown sort of. Yeah, lovely. A, yeah, lovely. Pointer, not a pointer. No, no, it was a French. Anyway. It was a French hound. But anyway, there French we are. French hound. All right. Well, let's, someone might tweet us. Um, anyway, you keep going, fella. Um, what are you going to do this Arvo, boy? Um, I am going to do some weights now, and then I'm playing Ooh. golf late this evening. So, oh, of course he is. Yeah, yeah. Taking well, the boy. wolf of Running. Panath out, James Rainbird. Oh my god. Mm. Good luck. So, um, mm. I'm cooking a picanha on the jotisserie boat, and I'm going to. Uh, I don't know, work on my stretching. Yeah. All right. Put on Strava, all right? Yeah, of course we will. Cheers, boy. Well done. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.